Hello, Fantasy Disc Golf fans, and welcome to Chill Disc Days, a sports ethos presentation. I am your host, Matthew Williams, and you can find me on Twitter at Mr. Chilliams and Instagram at Chill Disc Days. And I would like to officially welcome you to episode number 23 of Chill Disc Days. And on today's show, we have the Waco Review. Uh, It was an exciting weekend of disc golf with the Waco Annual Charity Open. Um, You had great finishes on both sides. Uh, You had Kristen Tatar coming back and coming back from behind and taking the victory over Ella. Um, finishing two down in the last three holes while Ella went plus three. Really coming back for the victory. And then Kyle Klein snagging out. You saw how tight the scores were on the end for the MPO side. But Kyle was able to get a break on 15, sliding under the fence, and then birdie out down the stretch. Finishing bogey-free 13 down for the final round to take the victory. So... I think for these review shows, really the aim is to get this out on Sunday night or Monday so that when waivers are open on Tuesday, you really have the the best ability to target some of the high-priority waiver targets. I really think that's going to be the priority of this review show. So with that being said, you know, just the way that my schedule kind of works out on the weekends not always catching the live coverage. Sometimes during the week I have to catch up with the Jomez or the, um, you know, Ace Run Production doing the chase card for the FPO. So uh, sometimes it does take a little bit of catching up throughout the week. So really this review show, I think, is really going to be targeted towards just hitting the numbers, you know, from from the weekend, from the tournament, some of the big takeaways from a fantasy perspective. So we can really target the waiver ads that we're targeting. So you know, this is a, a fantasy disc golf. We're going to leave the the big picture stuff to a lot of the other podcasts. We're going to be targeting some of the big fantasy takeaways from Waco, get into some things we're seeing from like a season-long perspective and, and some of the players that we'll be targeting for waivers this week. So uh, just early takeaways from Waco right now and, and kind of like what I'm seeing through this season Calvin Heiberg finishing third after winning Las Vegas. So going from like big open course to Waco, the shortest course on tour, getting third. So, I mean, average finish at two through two. I think Calvin Heiberg is is looking prime for a huge year. Early, I would say early fantasy player of the year candidate. Um, really, when I was looking at Paige, I wasn't really kicking myself for not going Kristen more so Calvin Heimberg is looking like he could end up being um, potentially the fantasy player of the year if you look at like just just uh, Kristen's schedule Ricky hasn't even played the first two events Paul's gonna have that Europe swing I think Calvin you know Eagle had a pretty awful uh, result for this one so I mean that's just gonna hurt his total uh, value Gannon's got off to a slow start. So Calvin is just early, early takeaway. I think he's looking primed as like the potential fantasy player of the year. Uh, Ella Hansen is looking primed for a big year. 
you know, she definitely, I don't think, was going to be expected to crush it at this one. She's definitely known more as a distance player. So to see her just narrowly slip away the the victory, um, you know, you definitely saw her forehand come in real handy at this one. So I think she's, you know, it's encouraging. I think, you know, we're going to get into buy lows and sell highs, but I think for her, you could consider her a sell high at this point, but I think you're going to ride her for a big year. Riding Ella Hansen for a big year, Kristen's looking sharp. I think you're, you know, expecting pretty much what you're expecting from her last year, which is podium finishes every time that she plays. So no big takeaways on Kristen, except, you know, she had some rough stretches and was able to bounce back and snag the victory. And dude, just seeing her like, she just seems like she strikes, you know, she has that that aura about her right now that championship aura where she can just do her thing even if she gets behind and like you know her presence alone has people like can make mistakes so she's got that like championship aura right now where you know just playing playing on her card you think you know it's going to get in people's head a bit she's going to be primed i think for just another big year so you're not doing anything with Kristen. You're just writing that, uh, expecting what you drafted her for. Uh, James Proctor has got off to a hot start. He goes 10th at Waco, 14th at LVC. I know Evan picked him up on draft night at the very end. He put Ezra Robinson on the waivers and, and uh, picked up Proctor. And he's looking like an early season steal, especially with his schedule ramping up. 87% C1X early and 80% fairway hits on the season. Uh, potential sell high as well, but um, you could you could definitely look at to just ride him. I think he has dude, he has all the skills to put up a big season. Uh, Paige Pierce, you know she was she was tied 16th on this one. Um, definitely got off to like a lackadaisical start. Um, you know, just kind of a nonchalant attitude. I'm hoping she'll be able to pick it up. But yeah, I, I'm not going to dive too much in the, the page thing. You know, for sure, not a super encouraging start. But I think just the contentness, I guess, with not crushing at disc golf isn't super encouraging. I don't know if it really is related to Kristen's dominant run right now or whatnot. I'm not going to read too much into it, but... Uh, hopefully Paige can get more into the top 10 territory, you know, even if not top five every week, she's got to be putting up top 10. So I was a little disappointed with um, her start, but hopefully she'll, you know, she had a, she, you know, it's just the first event back. Hopefully I think she had um, some vacation, you know, she seemed pretty happy with life, like for sure. So maybe it's just like a little bit getting back into the swing competitiveness. I'm not going to really react too much to 16th you know no panic there um hopefully like maybe it just takes a little bit for her to get back into that competitive swing I think she'll get there so hopefully we'll get a top 10 at the open at Austin and she start getting into the swing of things uh Caroline Henderson you know she I missed the chase card coverage on Ace Run Pro but oh my gosh her interview with the press conference and I did catch a bit of the her interview with the upshot and she seems so sharp, just real great attitude. 
uh, like they sold their house and went on the road, her and her husband and her boyfriend. Um, but yeah, just like fully committed to disc golf, uh, softball background. So she's talking about how much field work she puts in like four hours when she was working and at least like five to six on full-time disc golf. So great work ethic, great attitude. She's tall. Definitely. Um, like got the length, I guess the athleticism for it. And yeah, her forehand's legit, uh, her backhand and putting needs a bit of work for sure. So, um, she got off to a rough start. She was like plus eight that first day. You could see the nerves got to her. I mean, you're on a lead card with Paige Pierce and Kristen Tatar for sure. I could see the nerves, uh, getting to her, but she bounced back. She had a nice finish ended up yeah she was able to bounce back the first day she was plus nine on that lead card and then the next day she was five down and then finished even so finished um 29th for the tournament which is kind of right around that average waiver replacement so um definitely bounced back after a real rough first round but do long term i think you definitely gotta like her for for sure, or open courses, distance courses, and hopefully she gets that put figured out a bit. Um, she's got the work, work ethic, and it seems like she that is a focus of hers. Um, she talked about prioritizing throwing off the tee more than putt practice. So um, definitely like her long term. If she's still available on waivers, I would snag her for sure. Um, Sarah Hokum had a hot finish. She went plus two the first day. And then 11 down the last two days to finish nine down to come in fourth. And then Sayananda was kind of the other way around. She got off start or she got off hot and then finished plus two. So she was four down the first day and then was uh, two over and then four over the next two for 25th, which was just seven spots ahead of Hannah Wynn. Yes, I figured out her last name, Hannah Huynh. Shout out Scott Stokely. He had a video with them and got the name and then heard it a few times on coverage days for sure. So my apologies in getting, getting that name wrong. But Hannah Wynn and uh, another one we'll get to is Anakin, Anakin Stin. It's not Anakin Steen. I butchered that one, I know for sure. So uh figured out last name, a couple of those. But um, Cy, I would say... Um, well, yeah, she was looking like she was going to get a top 10 finish, but still not, not terrible. 25th, just a kind of a disappointing after her hot start. Um, but Annika Stin, dude, she was tied for fifth. She was top 10 in C1, 71% and C2 putting 27%, 78% fairway hits. I really like her as an ad. Like she is the back-to-back winner at the PCS Sula. So I think like that European swing, she could be nice. And this was like her first season in the States and she's putting up fifth at Waco. And I think I touched a bit on her background, but she has like a athletic background was ice skating and gymnastics, I believe, but pretty tall as well. And she says she does like a lot of mental work. I mean, she, uh, to put up, yeah, fifth at Waco um, with that kind of like the fairway hits and the putting numbers is encouraging. So, yeah, maybe look for her 
maybe not so much your distance driven courses, but especially the European swing. She could be a nice, nice ad. I'm kind of honestly looking at her. The only spot I'm looking at her is is maybe Emily Beach, who we'll get to, has gotten off to a slow start. But uh, Deanne Carey had a nice, nice uh, uh, showing here for Lone Star. You saw, saw her talk, repping hard for Lone Star this weekend. It seems like every time they were on her, she was talking something with her disc or whatever. But, um, you know, she was outside the top 20 the last two years, but was able to get uh, tied for a fifth, eight down with uh, Anna Ken and Haley King. She was 80% fairway hits, top six C1 and C2 in regulation. Um, definitely showing real smooth turnover mid-range game. So uh, definitely encouraging showing for a Deanne, repping for Lone Star at this tournament. Paige Shu was able to bounce back in the woods. You know, her her for sure her career was a little bit before my time in terms of starting on the uh, watching coverage, especially FPO side for sure. So good to see her bounce back from Las Vegas. I unfortunately didn't uh, start her <laughs> over Alexis Mondejano, but luckily it didn't come back to bite me. Um, but yeah, it was a good good showing from Paige. Cole Radolin had a big day. Uh, you saw his scorecard was pretty much what did he end up just a one par on the final day, but. Um, you know, for a guy who's known for a big arm, it was ex- it, it's encouraging to see him play well uh, at Waco and almost get the the victory. Just kind of pulled it on 15 to end up, I believe, double bogey. Kind of got him out of the running. So uh, long term, though, I think if you got Cole, maybe a sell high opportunity. But um, I think you're looking for him to have a pretty nice season. Uh, as uh, kind of rough days, you had Ezra Aderhold at 72nd. 72nd double g at 68 those are i think kind of guys you would not necessarily target but man it's kind of hard to sit them sometimes but yeah i think you know before this for sure if you had some better options i think those were kind of some guys you would probably target to sit in these in at this course um you know the shortest course and a lot of woods staying in the fairways so um, those were rough days, but Corey Ellis was for sure the roughest, uh, 103rd. That was a, probably a tough one if you're Corey, because you're for sure not sitting Corey. You know, Ezra and Gigi, you're like, yeah, maybe sit, but Corey is pretty much a, a auto auto play whenever he's out there. So if you had Corey this week, you probably had a hard time overcoming that. Um, but, I mean, you're not going to do anything with that, you know, it's just a tough one. Uh, some other tough days, I would say Chandler Fry, Greg Barsby was 87th, Jakob was 87th, was really looking for him to have a better day. Uh, Thomas Gilbert as well, 87th, um, real slow start for Thomas. Uh, Casey White as well, I was expecting him to bounce back, but he placed 97th, so that was rough. And then Connor Rock, 102. Dude, I don't know if this is just a testament to... Like, just how freaking good these players are. I mean, you saw a 31 down win it, which is averaging over 10 down a round. But I mean, like, I don't know. These guys are still... Connor Rock was one down for the tournament. You know, win picked up. Conditions were nice the first day. Win picked up second. But, yeah, just tough starts for Thomas and Casey. I think they're going to be great by low opportunities. Um, Greg and Chandler, most people, you're probably just sitting on those, you know, maybe hopefully you had better options, even though this would 
be ideal spots for those. So those were probably tough if you started either Jakob, Greg, or Chandler. Um, Connor Rock, kind of glad we're going to leave him on the watch list. Uh, glad I didn't drop Paul Oman for for Connor Rock. Uh, Paul Oman tied 13, eight birdies to start. You saw him have a, do a great, great, great round. Uh, real controlled like his long term. It seems like he's scheduled for quite a bit of sh- uh, tournaments coming up. So we're going to get into some ads, drops, holds. Paul Oman is leading my list. If he's available in your league, I say go, f- dude, go for Paul. Um, he's another tall guy, real controlled, uh, strong backhand game, strong putt. Um, I would say if Paul Oman's available, go for him. Ezra Robinson, I don't know if he'll be available, but he tied 24 for this. Got my hopes up that it was Isaac Robinson in 24th. But unfortunately, it was Ezra. Um, I just, yeah, I don't know if if uh, your league, if he'll be available or not. So, But I'm just going to throw him out there. I have a feeling he's probably taken a lot of leagues. Uh, Evan Scott finished 35th. I drafted him <laughs> questionably over some people. Um, but, you know, I thought he for sure could be a upside long-term play this year in terms of total and per game value and 35th is pretty encouraging for a 17 year old um so keep an eye out on evan scott i don't think i'm adding him anywhere but he's on the watch list speaking of youngins uh uh, i'm gonna have this guy on the watch list long term probably not gonna happen this season but um just popping on instagram and seeing his name is carter aarons aarons uh he was 90 tied 94th but you know i saw his name up there after day one or two up there pretty high on the boards and i think he might have just had a rough last day but he's like 15 years old and looking at some of his shots dude if you have any aspirations of uh (laughs) going pro at you know 30 plus like watching some of these 15 year olds rip it is real humbling so uh carter's a guy i'm for sure looking at um you know when we do my young guns and an old man slash old woman squad next season think he's going to be a name for sure that's going to be on that young gun squad so uh, i'm looking at carter long term I'm not going to do anything with it but something you might do with is the justin rozak and parker welk i talked about them on the last show as as some names that uh have just popped out to me and justin rozak was tied 28th here parker welk tied 16th gonna have to dive into their games more for sure uh had them just on the watch list last week and now i'm really really gonna be like diving in because those are top 30 showings so super encouraging um speaking of someone we touched on in the last show was zach melton um unfortunately i didn't take advantage of the the zach melton pick like i i I targeted him i thought he was going to be a good a good play this week and he ended up tied 16th with Nico LaCastro, Mason Ford and Parker Welk at 21 down. So uh, hopefully if you listened and, and uh, caught Zach Melton, you plugged him in, but I did, I mentioned I didn't have the guts to do it and I wish I would have because he had a great showing. You know, I don't know about his long-term prospects. I just did a target him for this one. So um i'm gonna keep them on like a watch list and just see but it was definitely encouraging to see like we targeted him for this one and he i would say overperformed i was hoping like a top 25 and he was tied 16th so 
super encouraging stuff for Zach Melton. Maybe he's in for like a a good year. Um, so I would say, depending on how deep your league is, keep an eye out on him. And uh, some of the people, some of the FPO players that we mentioned on the uh, fringe range was Erica Stinchcomb and Cynthia Ricciotti. Erica finished in 21st place and she had gotten off to a pretty hard, hot start as opposed to Madison Walker who got off to a real rough start but was able to bounce back so uh, Madison was yeah she was like I thought for sure gonna do pretty well here but she got off to a terrible start but was able to bounce back um, but Erica Stinchcomb 21st she could be like I said a fringe player depending on how deep your league is uh, she just keeps getting better she's doing the commentary she no, she's mentioned just really working on her game. So um, slow and steady progression for Erica, but this is a super encouraging sign. Uh, you know, maybe take a swing if if uh, you have like Kona or something that could be out for a bit or or whatnot. Or <laughs> well, uh, yeah, just maybe like Emily Beach. I, that's one I'm kind of like, I don't know what's going on with her right now, but just uh, keep an eye on it if you have the space. Erica Stinchcomb, and then Cynthia Ricciotti was 27th, so another encouraging sign. Uh, Hannah Wynn finished, was like 32nd. Uh, she started plus 8, yeah, plus 8 in round 1, and then 5 down the final round, so she was looking like she could have been in last pace, place the way she was going, but luckily was able to put up a real great final round to finish tied 32nd which not bad considering how she started so uh, I, I I still I'm gonna have her on the watch list I think um, I really like I, I need to learn I guess more about her game she seems like she's got a strong backhand um, but uh, definitely um, just like her personality and um, whatnot her schedule should be nice she's gonna be on the watch list yeah so those are I think those are the ad drops holds I am targeting in terms of let's get to some buy lows and sell highs. Uh, Emily Beach, and this is going to be a, a tough one because I don't know what's going on. But when I had her last year on the draft, guys, she was a like top 30 fantasy target. And uh, she's gotten off to a, a rough start. 32nd at LVC and then 42nd at Waco after going 12th at LVC last year and then 29th at Waco. I would just say this could be a, a buy low. She was 18th at the Open of Belton last year, 15th at Texas States, 8th at Music City Open. You know, she's there's some stretches coming up like Jonesboro, Dynamic Disc Open that I think she was more of a power player. So hopefully she will bounce back. I think she could be a nice buy low target along with Evelina Solonen. You saw... She was 40th at Waco. She was doing solid. And then, what was it? She had a uh, 9 on hole 17, which was a plus 5. It was a par 4, and she got a 9. But she, like, 6-putted that basket. And watching the uh, footage was rough. So, I mean, like, that's the thing. Like, it no matter how good of a thrower you are, like you can't park, park it five feet and in every time. And that last one um, within like 10 feet 
where she completely whiffed it long. Like, I don't know. There's just nothing you could do about that. Like, from a fantasy perspective, she could be crushing it, crushing it, and then all of a sudden, one hole, she could just six-putt and totally wreck you. So, uh, it's like, Evelina's scary right now. And then especially, she has that Europe stretch. Like, obviously, already, her schedule's limited. And then you have her average finishes. You know, she hasn't placed inside the top 30 yet. Uh, that's scary. So buy low, I don't, I would say no, honestly. I would say steer clear. Personally, I would just say, you know, she was getting some tips from Paul afterwards. And I, I just don't think, uh, I don't know if it's going to help. Hopefully it does. But like, it's got to be some kind of mental thing. Kind of like what's going on with Cupcake and the more people talk about it, like me, um, I mean, she's not going to listen to this. I'm just a dude talking fantasy. But, yeah, I just think everyone else is talking. She knows. She knows what's going on. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of like with Cupcake. Like, it's a mental thing, and it's just, like, one of those things you're going to have to. Uh, I put her as, like, a buy low candidate, but honestly, I would steer clear. I would just say I don't want to mess with it if you have her. You may, you might want to hopefully just wait to see if she can have one decent performance and then try to sell high if you have her is what is what I would recommend. But I would definitely be trying to move off of her. Um, like LVC and Waco, she what last year was fifth at LVC last year and ninth at Waco, and then she's fortieth and thirty third. So. Uh, I think with Evelina, yeah, there's something definitely wrong with her putt right now, the mental end. And if you can move off of her, I would. And if you're thinking about buying low on her, I would not. (laughs) And then, yeah, just hopefully she can get figured out. But that's kind of where I'm at on Evelina. Isaac, I am am higher on Isaac still. Um, For sure, it's been a rough start. He finished... Yeah, he finished 45th after 82nd at Las Vegas. I'm already regretting taking him over James Conrad. I wish, uh, I thought he had maybe like the higher floor recency bias probably after that second place runner-up to Ricky at the All-Star, um, not the All-Star, the Pro Tour Championship last year, but... You know, I still think Isaac will get it together. I don't know if it, it's like I want to I don't know if he's rushing, but he always rushes, you know, so like <laughs> that's part of him. But, you know, uh, I would definitely like to see him get it together, you know, uh, I, so I would say buy low if you can. Um, who it would take to get him? Not exactly sure if you could do like a like a Chris Clemens. I still think that might be reaching a little high. But, like, maybe, like, a Andrew Marweed, if you could get away with it. You know, I would do... I don't know if you could get away with Marweed for Isaac, but I think Mar, Marweed's got enough hype around him where that could be a good pick. That's, that's I think, the one... That's what I would uh, target right now. Or, uh, you know, potentially Nico. Yeah, Nico could be a good one, too. Uh, he's placed top 20 the last two weeks. And you just never know with Nico. So honestly, that could be a nice 
offer if you did Nico for Isaac. Um, Ricky Waisaki obviously is another bylo. He missed another event. And you know, I don't know if he'll be back for the Open at Austin. So this is another uh, opportunity to buy low on him. Uh, who you could offer for Ricky? Well, what if you had Isaac and you offered him for Ricky? That would be an interesting swap. Um, because yeah, like if you could do Isaac for Ricky. If someone's really frustrated with Ricky, I doubt someone's gonna give up Ricky for the way that Isaac's performed. Or uh, Ricky for Nico. There's another one. That would be an interesting swap. But I think definitely if you're trying to buy low on Ricky, depending on what you, how you feel about him. Um, like, yeah, I don't know what the uh, perspe- perception is out there. If this is still inflammation or if this is just related to Paul. But I think, uh, this, I think this is a good opportunity to buy low on Ricky still because we don't have... Like, I thought for sure he was going to be back for Waco, and he's missing, so you don't know if it's going to happen again. So just an opportunity to buy low on Ricky. Gannon Burr has got off to a little bit of a slow start, so nothing too crazy. You could try to buy low on him. Probably no one's going to do anything. But if you were ever going to, this is the opportunity because I think he finished outside the top 25 again, which he didn't do at all last year. So uh, he was 24th. There we go. So, like, 30th and 24th. That's what I'm saying. He's just, like, taking a slight hit, maybe, with this whole Prodigy thing. Or it could just be, you know, those scores were so tied at Waco. Just a few strokes with huge separation. But, uh, you know, if you wanted to buy low on gain and this is the opportunity, you're going to have to give up something nice for him. But uh, Ella Hansen, you know, you could potentially consider her a sell high, but I'm just going to say ride it. I think she's going to be in for a really nice year and just take her as... You know what? You probably got her in like third, fourth round, I guess, just depending on how deep your league is. But she's looking like a nice value. I'm going to say don't sell high. Stay tuned for a big year. Someone I would sell high, though, is Luke Humphreys. We saw this story last year getting off to a hot start at Las Vegas on Waco and then having a drop off. Pretty significant. I think his average finish was above the 50s. So for the rest of the year after his start last year so. If you have Luke Humphreys and you can sell high, I say go for it. Maybe like for Thomas Gilbert or Casey White. I think long-term Thomas Gilbert, Casey White have higher upside. They have gotten off to some slow starts. So those are buy low targets I'm looking at. Casey White I saw just turned 23 uh, the other day. I don't know why I thought Casey was older. For sure, I thought he was definitely older than 23 so uh Casey I, I feel like he's got like a good mix of like young but vet you know like like a Perry Ellis you like you look at Perry Ellis at KU this is a basketball reference but there's just some dude who played for KU and I'm like dude feels like this guy's played here for like 10 years but he's was just a super senior and whatnot he was just one of those guys you feel you feel like he's been there forever but you look up and you're like, damn, bro, you're 22. Uh, but Casey White, yeah, I think still, I wouldn't uh, panic on Casey. I would consider this a buy low opportunity. And if he could use Luke Humphreys, dangle that out there, I think that's a nice target. Kale LaVisca, I would say is a sell high, you know, just not knowing exactly what his schedule is going to be like. I don't think he's 
dead set on playing a ton of mp40s you know it sounded like las vegas was just one he was targeting because it is a more of a bomber's course and just a nice way to get warmed up but you never know so having a top 10 finish i think if you can get someone who has a high average finish upside with more maybe like james proctor you know that would be a pretty big sell high on yeah that could be interesting i don't know if someone's gonna give up james the way he started but that could be uh interesting but yeah i think kale if you can get someone who has a consistent schedule that has some nice upside i would consider kale a sell high opportunity going along with that i'm gonna say Haley king kind of in the same realm as kale she plays top five again but if you do Haley, you're going to sell real high. Like I'm thinking like try to get like I know Own just played well here and uh, she's got a real loyal following. So I feel like Own's probably going to be a tough one to pry away from someone. But what about like Macy Diaz? You know, Macy does have a strong schedule, I think stronger than Haley and she still has that upside I feel like that might be selling a little too low just because Haley King does have like that top five upside where Macy's is more top 10 ish but but just the schedule is enticing so maybe Missy Gannon could be a nice one I don't know if you could snag Missy Gannon for Haley King but I think I would do that just get that schedule consistency Uh, but yeah I think Haley King if you have her right now I think you should definitely be considered selling her high just because of how her schedule could play out, you know, prioritizing her mental health more and try to grab an elite player, you know, like why not get an elite player who can perform week in and week out um, and use this top five start in both weeks to sell high. So uh, those are some of the buy lows and sell highs that we are targeting. So let's get into some of the results of the picks that we made from last week. Starting off with your grip six, pick six. I was got a score of 38. The winning score was 21. So I was 17 back. I was tied for 348th position. So wasn't in the thousands, but uh, Tatar was a winner. She had zero. Scoggins had four. That was pretty low. Uh, Kale was at six strokes back, Sexton seven, Macbeth nine, Chris Dickerson 12. So I think I went a little safe with Macbeth and Dickerson. Um, you saw the scores are real tight. I just, Kyle Klein would have been fine. I for sure could have seen, seen him winning. And Adam Hammes too, honestly, the way his forehand played out. He should have been a, a nice target for this one. But like Ella Hansen, I for sure wouldn't have. I probably wouldn't have picked. Um, so that was a, a sneaky one. Kevin Jones had a nice, was a nice pick. He was just four strokes back. I probably wouldn't have thought. And then Calvin Heiberg, you know, just I thought there might have been a little slip off after LVC, you know, going from that kind of course to Waco. But dude, he was right there in the mix. So I, I liked the picks, except I thought maybe Macbeth and Dickerson was a little safe. But actually, I'm not I'm not kicking myself on the Macbeth one. You know what? I thought the picks were fine. It just didn't work out. So uh, hopefully get a little better next week. But I really think you do have to try to target some like players 
who you wouldn't expect, but that could come up and get the win still. Um, just a early takeaway. Uh, survivor picks. Ugh. So this kind of worked, kind of worked out, kind of didn't. I made the pivot from Nico to Kale, which Nico got 16th. Missed it by a stroke. So, oh, so grateful I made the pivot to Kale. Um, so, Kale survived, tied seventh at 25 down. Nico missed it by just a stroke. But on the FPO side, I pivoted from Lisa Fakus to Rebecca Cox. And I should um, should have stuck with Lisa. I don't know why. I, I didn't realize also Lisa was a four-time Waco winner. So that would have definitely made a factor realizing that. And Rebecca was like, yeah, she was top 15 for the last five years, but I think she was like pretty borderline. And after round two, she was, I think, one stroke away from the line, but she had a rough final round. So uh, Lisa Fakus would have made it. The good news is that FPO Survivor League isn't actually a real thing. So it's not like I lost a league or anything, but it was just something that I wanted to do well in and keep up with so should have stuck with lisa but um i'm gonna keep doing the picks for sure obviously i'm you know i missed one barely it was a 50 50 but luckily we got it right in the league that mattered making the pivot from nico to kale so yeah so one of two just barely missed that that lisa one the weekly skip ace picks for disc member i ended up it looks like fifth out of 37 and I think I misspoke uh, for this. It's not actually a free league. It, it is part of that premium membership, which I haven't used too much. Um, I haven't actually utilized too much. But uh, it's like $10 for the year, and I think you get some more stats and stuff I need to dive into. Uh, but I got 5 out of 37, which wasn't bad. Uh, Robert Burridge and Charlie Moore didn't crush it as much as I had hoped. But, like, Chris Clemens, Kale, and Sexton ended up being good picks, along with Luke Humphreys. So, that was good. The free league, I'm in, like, 207th. Yeah, I think my picks were decent. But Katrina Allen and or Hannah Huynh did decent. But, yeah, nothing crazy. So, I, I don't know how many people are in there. But I'm kind of like in the middle of the pack. Season-long leagues, it looks like uh, it's still pending. So it's making me a little nervous. And I've seen the points have fluctuated a little bit. Because like in the industry league, when I looked yesterday, I was I got first and Johnny had got second still. But now I'm looking today and I'm still in first, but he's in like fourth. So we'll see how the, I think, I think I'm still going to get first in both. I had good weeks. So uh, bounce back weeks, I got f- last place in the content creators league last week. Was able to get first with my squad of my squad yeah Matteo did well Chris Clemens KJ Nico Bradley Williams MPO crushed it this week in that league and then Paige Pierce did all right Macy Velides and Alexis did decent enough to keep me in the win uh should have started Paige Shoe, but luckily that didn't come back to bite me and then first place in the industry league Paul McDeath did fine Luckily, was able to survive that 45th place from Isaac. Really need him to step it up. Um, Alden Harris did decent. I think he was in the 40s. Uh, Mason Ford has gotten off to a real nice start. Uh, another 20 
excuse me, he got 16th at Waco, and then he was 25th last week. So Mason Ford, dude, is off to a real nice start. And then Prezi, uh, Presnell got 35th after 30 at that Las Vegas. So kind of sticking to that mid-round value theme, the Tobias Harris. You know, he's, I think, like, the average waiver value is around 50. He's placing in, like, the 30s, early 30s. So, um Prezi being doing what he's supposed to do so was able to snag first place in both the season long leagues got fourth in the industry league so I might move up to first or second in the industry and then middle of the pack and content creators so uh, happy with that on your card picks um, I'm moving up the rankings uh, looks like the Sarah Hokum League, I definitely did well because she crushed it. And then I also had Robert Burridge did decent. Um, I'm in a league with Jake Hebenheimer where I think it's just really me and him. Um, and I had, yeah, him, Chris Dickerson, Paul McBeth, and Cy. He had Ricky starting and didn't get that switched, so... That helped on that one. And then the free league. Yeah, I went Paul, Chris, Cy, and Robert. Uh, didn't bu- uh, pop off as much as I wanted to. But I am in 11th out of, it looks like, 20th. So I moved up. I think I was in last last week. So uh, I've definitely moved up. I'm definitely trying to get points every week. I'm probably going to sell Paul and Chris to try to get some nice values next week. we'll see what uh, opening Austin's looking like but um yeah definitely making a move on the points and on your card I'm liking my strategy with the pros of like the Sarah Hokum one worked out this week she made a big move I saw she uh went for Sayananda too so I think she liked the Sai pick so um I think that's a, a a fave pick on in the on your card realm so um, I might hop into another pro league. We'll see. It looks there's a quite a bit more players who have joined. Like Matt Bell has one now. Jordan Castro, Ian Burchett, G- Ezra Robinson's got one. Erica Stinchcomb, the extraordinary geese. There's only two teams in there. I might have to join Erica Stinchcomb's league for sure. Casey White's got one. Chandler Kramer, yeah. Connor O'Reilly. It's just like ah, uh, how do you choose all? Yeah. This is what's tough. You can't choose all of them. Also, I'm going to be spending 200 bucks on fantasy leagues. Uh, can't be doing that. All right. But yeah, it's been it's been fun. Uh, yeah, I might do another one. All right. So, and then the chill kill picks. I was I was nervous this was going to be the chill kill. Like, oh wow, they killed you. But they honestly all ended up being around the waiver replacement value. Uh, Charlie Moore finished tied 52nd, 13 down. Just had, I think, a mid- mediocre second round that really prevented him from popping off. But uh, not, yeah, didn't kill you, but didn't crush it. Uh, Hannah Wynn was looking real rough at the beginning, but she ended up tied 32nd, which is still kind of around average. And then Caroline Henderson, um, still long-term, love her as a prospect if she's on waivers snag her now snag her yesterday she probably is already off but if she's not find room for her. and she was yeah 29th so 
Um, honestly, right around average. Um, really going to focus on, like, I really probably wish I would have gone with the Zach Melton one on my chill kill instead of Charlie Moore because I was feeling good about it. But, uh, I guess I was a little iffy, but yeah, we're going to hopefully kill it for, for next week too. I like the chill kill picks. Uh, your fantasy spit out. I hate to pick on her again, but I have Evelina Solonen finishing 40th after what she was on lead card last year in the final round. And so just disappointing start for Evelina for sure. Hopefully it's, it's gotta be the putt it's, and just gotta get that figured out. Uh, I put a, a alternate on this one. I know I did Juliana Corver last week, but Katie Tate was tied seventh after round one at three down and then finished 11 over tied 40th. So, uh, really imploded after the first round. I don't know um, what happened. It looks like, yeah, I saw a bit of her on the, the live coverage kind of off on the last couple of rounds. So um, I, I kind of put that as a spit out too, just because she was off to such a hot start after the first round and then finishing, you know, uh, plus 14 the last two days. Not great. And then fantasy spit out an MPO. It's got to be Corey Ellis um, finishing plus one for the event, tied 103rd. One of those ones because you for sure probably didn't sit them. Um, I, yeah, I wonder if this is one of the advanced stats on skip base, but like the start percentage, start sit. Be interested to see who, if anyone actually sat him. I feel like a lot of people took a big hit on, on Corey Ellis this week. So he has got to be your fantasy spit out for this one. And then your fantasy throw-in, I'm going with Annika Stin, uh, eight down, tied fifth, potential long-term play with that Europe swing as well. I like her as a, and yeah, yeah, first year in the States for sure, like her as a long-term prospect. And then uh, I'm going to go fantasy throw-in on the MPO side, Parker Welk, tied 16 at 21 down hasn't finished inside the top 40 for any elite series or majors prior to this. Um, looks like he did decent in some silver events, silver, not silver series, silver events. And it looks like a schedule could be ramping up. So him and Justin Rozak guys, I am keeping an eye on, uh, he is going to be your MPO fantasy throw in for this week. Uh, I think, that will do it. I think we got everything next week on the preview. I think I'm going to spare you guys the full 18 18-hole preview. Uh yeah, just trying to describe the the holes it was not the strategy. I think I'm going to focus more on the stats, like course really the course stats I think from last year, some of the easier, more difficult holes, some changes we might be targeting. Definitely going to be targeting more on like main features you're going to see for the course, um, get into the course statistics and, um, really narrowing down kind of like momentum and, and narrowing down the picks more so than a, a, uh, treacherous, treacherous 18 hole preview of me trying to explain the holes. I feel like uh, going on YouTube and, and doing the whole preview for yourself will be a bit better. So, uh, we're going to find, uh, find a nice balance on the previews between, between what we did at Las Vegas and Waco, but uh, stay tuned for a good preview episode for the Open on Austin 
really going to dive into some some more uh, start sits and some great targets that we're going to be looking at. Um, it's been a great week too. Uh, look for going to be looking to post uh, fantasy rankings here here shortly. Um, getting the rankings for on your cards, skip bases, average finish, and scaling point system, along with the the Heiser base uh, rankings as well. So we can kind of keep track of who's doing well in all these different formats and stay on top of their top of their values. All right, uh, that will do it for this episode of Chill Just Days, a Sports Ethos presentation. I am your host, Matthew Williams. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Mr. Chilliams and Instagram at Chill Disc Days. Thank you so much for listening. And may all your bogeys become birdies. Bye.